Everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey and Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And a uh, real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Odyssey, please hit that follow and subscribe button. If you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, whatever podcast platform you use, please hit that follow and subscribe button so we can continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm about to bring you today. We're going to be talking about selling some souls with uh, Jake Davies of the band of Limbo. What's going on, Jake? Hey, hey, how's it going, dude? Good, good, man, good. Um, yeah, so usually when I have uh, somebody on for the first time, I like to go uh, get a little bit of a quick background. So uh, do you remember originally what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, shit. Uh I think it's pretty much always been musician, dude. Yeah, I don't think it's changed too much. Maybe artist. I, I try. I dabbled in that for a while. Okay. All right. And then, um, like, do you remember, like, you know, some of your earliest, uh, you know, being exposed to music, some of the musicians, and what was it that like kind of led drew you in? I think uh, the first tape I ever bought was Paula Abdul. Straight up now, tell me, is it really gonna be you and me forever? Ow, ow, ow. I think that was Paul Abdul. Anyway, nice. yeah, that was her. Got, but uh, as I got to about nine or ten, I started living in the uh, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Metallica world, and I guess that must have been a pretty formulative period for me because not much has changed since then. <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, like, when did you? Uh start doing your own like singing and performing oh dude um me and my little brother had always uh played guitar together or writing riffs and uh it was never really a i'm making a band serious thing for me until he moved out here uh with me he was going to berkeley college of music in uh boston and he just stayed with me one summer and we started getting wasted every night and just playing guitar every night and all these fucking songs are pouring out of us. So we couldn't record them fast enough. And 
just decided it was time for him to uh, do what all good Berkeley music school students do and drop out and come live with me in California. And uh, we just started making music all the time, dude, and haven't looked back since. <laughs> That's great. And then like what uh, like uh, was the music scene like originally? Like I uh, for you, like uh, I see you grew up in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, music uh, Melbourne, Australia didn't have too much uh, music. Didn't have too much of a uh, scene or part of a scene for my life, at least when we lived in Australia. That was quite a while ago. We've been in uh, in uh, Long Beach now for about ten years, I think. So the band has always existed in Long Beach. It was never uh, something we did in Melbourne and then brought over here. Other than the fact that we have a few riffs that we wrote back when we were kids that we still use today. Uh, but as far as the scene here, it was it was great when we were I mean, when we were first starting, there was no we didn't know who to play with because there was no other rock bands. It was kind of doing it was like that strokes thing was happening. And then there was like uh, in Long Beach, always punk and there's always reggae. But we didn't know any other hard rock bands. And then seemingly as we kind of got our shit together at exactly the same time, this band Them Evils was starting to play and this other band Joyous Wolf was starting to play. So we played shows together with those guys on and off for years. Um, and then, yeah, one thing just led to another and we moved our way up the chain of command and have been uh, touring with big names like Candlebox and Buck Cherry and Wolf Mother and other stuff since then. Nice. Yeah. And then, like when you originally like uh, what what led you, uh, you know, to Long Beach, you know, from from Australia? So mom married an Australian guy who is uh, my little brother Luke's dad, my uh, stepdad. Married him when I was like seven or something, moved us out to Australia, but uh, we'd always planned to come back to America and, uh, you know, live the American dream. Okay, so you originally were born here in the States then, huh? I was. I was born in Alaska. I lived in Hawaii till I was like seven. And yeah, mom moved around a lot and got married a few times and then she finally stuck with the Australian one. <laughs> well, quite a traveler. So that's, you know, yeah, it was good for um, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and you mentioned like your brother, uh, did, uh, you know, what have like a cup of coffee at Berkeley for a little bit. Um, a couple semesters or how long was he there? I think, yeah, I think he was there. I think he was there for like a, a year and after, yeah, the first full uh, full year of being there uh, was summertime. He's like, well, I'm not going to go back to Australia. And it also doesn't make a lot of sense to stay in Boston and pay for board over here. So I just moved into my beach shack in Long Beach for a couple months. And it was just like, this is this is the life to live. So this is the life worth living. So we uh, never looked back from that. Yeah, I've had a couple uh bands that have uh you know graduated from berkeley on, on the show and heard a lot about you know the process of getting in there and you know Not everything either. that they learned and carried uh you know into their careers so i'm like wondering maybe like what he kind of when he came out to stay with you uh did he what did he bring that he learned from there into well, the, he, he the was band. there for he was there for jazz guitar um he's a hell of a uh I don't want to say music theorist. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, he knows his he knows his theory back to front. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're a fairly accomplished jazz guitarist, you can probably play just about any form of music you want to. So, translating that into the sort of 
grungy hard rock kind of thing that we were making together uh i think because he has such a firm grasp of chords and um all the modes and diminished sevenths and all the crap that i don't know very much about because he has such a firm grasp of, uh, on all that he can paint a hell of a lot of different colors in the music that are typically not so common in hard rock music yeah and then um so like you know he comes out to to stay with you wasn't originally like planning on on staying just uh kind of like visiting from berkeley but then yeah. you guys uh like uh is that when like of limbo came together for you then that's that's pretty much it dude we we're having so much fun writing all these riffs together and making these songs and then uh it got to a point where we're just like well, i guess we should just actually try and make this a band and uh one night while he was he was trashed uh he's sitting back in the chair and he's sort of like in and out of sleep and i look over and i'm like how you feeling lukey boy and he goes oh i don't know i'm a little bit left of limbo mate so we went with left of limbo as the band name for a while and then left of limbo sounded too uh verbing the noun one of those metal band names you know like stabbing the drama piercing the veil igniting <laughs> your existence you know those kind of cheesy metal band <laughs> names so yeah. uh we just cut it to of limbo and uh, a lot of people are, were like that, that's a terrible name but uh, even our booking agency originally they didn't want to take us on because they thought it was a terrible band name but i mean what the hell does fucking pearl jam mean in the end you know it's like <laughs> eventually when the band takes on its own uh level of success and household namery uh, the name just becomes who the band is rather than uh, what the definition of those words are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and like, uh, yeah, that was going to be my next question, how that came together. I love that story. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And then, yeah, you know, good argument. It's like, yeah, what is Pearl Jam? You know, or red hot chili peppers. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great, great band names in the world, like Nirvana, the doors, Metallica, but shit, there's a lot of, you know, what the hell does that mean names too and i can uh, we've, we've made up a hundred different reasons for what uh of limbo can mean oh the music's the music's here nor there it's in limbo and uh we're, we're very like we, we change up our style all the time so it can never be pinned down we can make up all that kind of crap all, all day but uh no the reality is he was just trashed and he said some funny thing about left of limbo and we're like oh that sounds like a band name let's just run with that <laughs> well i like it i like it and uh you know it should be more about the music anyway speaking exactly. for for itself you know it's like totally but uh so you guys then you know they came up with the band at, like how long uh have you been um of limbo and uh what's uh you know the growth been for you guys our first show i believe was 2016 which sounds wild to say because that is a long time ago now but um yeah it's uh it's been an interesting path we were on our way to our first national tour with blacktop mojo and uh, joyce wolf and we got into a crazy van accident so that put us out of commission for quite a while um luckily we all survived it i've got a I got a metal leg now um well not fully metal but you know nice rod in, inside the shin so that put us out for a little while and then when once things started kicking up and running again we we're touring with wolf mother and 
uh, all these great things are happening and then boom, pandemic hits. So we're like, oh God, it's another fucking who knows how long out the window of us not being able to tour. But then uh, as soon as the sort of light was coming out from the end of the tunnel, um, we got the call that Buck Sherry was uh, down to go start touring again when nobody else was really willing to at that point. Um, and of course we jumped at the chance. So we hopped on with them and uh, did about a month and a half with them. That was great. And then that led to candle box and yeah, we just been, writing, recording, and touring, and doing the damn thing as much as we can. So, yeah, so you guys were, like, uh, you know, amping up, and then, you know, pandemic hits, and then you're kind of living up to your name, and everything's, like, of limbo. Yeah. You know, out there in the music industry. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've read, like, so much about, like, how the, the state of things were going around that time, and that's when, like, this podcast actually really started hopping because – I had to do things like this, you know, it used yeah. to be like on site talking to the artists and stuff like this. So, I mean, I'm kind of grateful for how things turned out at, but going through that uncertainty, it's like, everybody was just like so many uh, different stories I was hearing across the, the world, you know, of how, how they handled things. And I heard like, it was exceptionally brutal back in Australia. Do you guys still have like family and friends back there? Yeah. Mom and uh, mom and dad still live in Melbourne, Australia, and it was absolutely brutal over there, dude. Their restrictions were complete totalitarian regime. Uh, mom called us one day crying because they wouldn't let them outside, but for like 20 minutes of fucking yard time a day, we had to be masked up, and she called us crying. She just wants to do yoga. It fucking broke my heart, dude. So yeah, Australia was Australia was pretty much the worst. I think uh, New Zealand was really bad too, and I think uh, Canada was pretty bad. But shit, some of the stuff I was seeing coming out of Australia of them, the cops choking people on the street for not wearing masks, just like the most shows you how quickly like a sector of people can follow this the most crazy shit if you uh whip them into a fear frenzy you know i don't want to make the the nazi analogy as many have but shit there's countless other analogies where yeah some really bad news things happening and if you get the right sort of figureheads and whip it up with the right sort of campaigns of things for feed people to be afraid of fuck you get them to do just about anything willingly Oh yeah, dude. And you're, you're speaking my language. I've had a couple, uh, episodes like, uh, you know, taken down from YouTube because we were like hitting a nerve or something with our conversations, yeah. but it's just like, dude, ask questions. If you can't critically think and say, Hey, this is right. And this is wrong. then you know, what kind of world are we living in, man? Yeah. If you can't even ask, is this right? Or is this wrong? You have to just be, Oh, I accept, I accept your, your godly words. God, Dr. Fauci. Thank you. Bless me again. <laughs> You know, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, something's not, not right. And, you know, I mean, I heard like here in the States, I mean, different States, you know, handled it much differently. Like, I mean, I was hearing things about California, but if California was a cakewalk compared to Australia, I guess it wasn't totally so bad. Uh, def definitely a cakewalk compared to Australia, but it was also like when, when we went on that Buck Cherry tour, it was just like, crossing a curtain once we got out of california it was like oh my god you guys are allowed to 
live lives and you're allowed to go to the bars again. You're allowed to eat in restaurants. And you're allowed to just like live like normal human beings. And it was just crazy. And then when we crossed back in, I was like, after we'd been like hanging out with sweaty rock and roll crowds every night, arm in arm, taking photos, taking shots together, all the rest of it. And we crossed the curtain back in, back into California. And then, then boom, boom, you see more and more of the masks on everyone outside and in their cars by themselves. I'm like, oh shit, they're still doing this. No, <laughs> I forgot. I almost forgot that it even existed. Yeah, yeah. it's like surprised you didn't have to like go go through any kind of like testing just to come back into California. You were out there amongst the the sweat and the sickness. Yeah. Luckily, they did. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't force a, an anal swab or a quarantine on us um, in Newsom's personal gas chamber layer or anything like that. We were able to uh, cross in and out freely. Oh, uh, <laughs> good, good, good to hear, man. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty crazy too. It's like, you know, I don't know how much you get caught up in, in the stuff out there today, but they're talking about, you know, here we going into September talking about trying to bring all that shit back. And I'm hoping a lot more people are like, you know, fuck you. You yeah. work for us, you know, yeah, you know, fool me, fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on you. No, but the other way around, you know what the hell I'm saying? Yeah. yeah I think, I think they, they've, uh, bitten off a hell of a lot more than they can chew on the last one so there's a lot of people that were very willing and uh susceptible to whatever they were pushing at the time but yeah i don't think they're going to be as compliant overall this time yeah i hope not man but like you say you know when people are in that state of fear that low vibration man it's just like yeah. easily uh yeah, definitely a big like psychological operation worldwide, it seemed. You totally. know? But uh all right, before we go become like the Alex Jones show, I guess I'll get back to talking <laughs> about, about yeah, uh, that always happens with me. I don't, I try not to, but it always it always comes into that. No, I like it, dude, because I mean, like I said, I've had episodes like that. I've had G. Edward Griffin on here. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but I am not. Uh, he's uh you know, he was the guy that uh, interviewed that uh, KGB defector uh, uh, Bremovich, uh, Yuri Bremovich or whatever. It talked about the the stages of taking down America. And, and oh, gotcha. like, I think I did see that little YouTube clip of the uh, uh, subservience and changing culture. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm big into that stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, so the, the conversations are always welcome here. This is still a free uh, free uh, critical thinking zone show until, you know, the places I broadcast it, shut okay. it down. But uh, so working with, uh, you know, you guys working on this uh, latest album, what was it like getting into the uh, the Fab Factory Studios? Fab Factory Studios is where our buddy Mike Pepe uh, resides and handles his biz now. Uh, he was at Barefoot Studios in Hollywood, which is a very famous studio, um, but they shut their doors and uh, he had to find a new home. And luckily, Fab Factory Studios was it. And uh, we had a great time in there with him. And then... Uh... You know, uh, I was checking out your video for your your latest video uh, for your track, California Demon. Mm, um, that's right, right alongside with uh, all the conspiracy theory stuff too, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to. I was getting out, but now we're back in. But uh, 
as as I was watching it, you know, I was checking it out, and I was just like, man, is this song about like Billie Eilish or something? Or yeah, it was like, uh, you know, she's she was blessed with a magnificent upper body and voice, and <laughs> um, but uh, but I I've seen like you know I read, I think you guys were talking about like your uncle or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's you, like you remind me of him a little bit actually, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like me and him would hit it off. Uh, yeah, well, me, me and him hit it off, too. And uh, that was kind of the funny thing is that he was really the inspiration for the song in a lot of ways with all of the wild, more extreme end of conspiracy stuff that he sends us. Like, he'd, he'd uh, send us, though, oh, shit, have a look at this. Brad, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are sacrificing babies and drinking the blood and all the rest of it. And he'd sell us, send us all this, like, stuff about satanic conspiracies and all that. And... I take most of it with a grain of salt, but I always found it like just a, a very entertaining subject. And uh, even if um, even if it's just it's all pageantry as far as the Billie Eilish's of the world and uh, the Dojo Cats and the Sam Smiths and all that, even if it is just pageantry and theatrics, I think the concept of it, um, instead of being just a metaphor for selling your soul for uh fame and fortune giving giving up your artistic integrity if you actually took it literally as like oh shit you're signing a contract with the devil i i just find that like i don't know making the faustian bargain i think that's just such a entertaining idea to me you know so we yeah. thought well, if it's actually real well let's fucking make a song about if it was actually real well i liked uh you know, like, I mean, back in the day, it was like more like the, you know, the metal world. It was uh, the pageantry of like the, you know, like the Black Sabbaths and, you know, yeah. uh, metal bands. But like, as you said, now it's like, you know, it's like pop culture, you know, stage shows. I, I go see Marilyn Manson for that stuff. And now it's like, you know, uh, yeah, it's on Taylor Swift stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's it's crazy when you get go down the rabbit holes with all the symbols and stuff. But uh yeah. You know, I've seen the like some of the videos that your uncle's talking about, like Katy Perry, I think, and Bob Dylan and them, you know, just admitting on tape. We actually, like, we actually made a, uh, a, we made a like trailer, like teaser trailer leading up to the release of this video where uh, we got the girl in the, in the devil suit to sit on top of an old CRT TV. And I put, ran through the TV, all those old interviews of Bob Dylan saying, oh yeah, I sold my soul, made a bargain a long time ago with the captain of, of this world and the next and it was like a bunch of clips of all of these different katie perry's and sam smith's and uh whatever i could find there's one of brad pitt even whatever i could find of them say, saying these kind of uh, oh, i made a deal with the devil kind of lines chopped it all up and then interspliced a little bit of our video in there too so yeah i i very familiar with all of those those uh satanic panic clips yeah <laughs> And then let's talk about like uh you know the making of uh of your video uh then you know behind the scenes like what went into uh that and working with uh what was his name Tony Verselli Tony Verselli yeah uh Tony's a great great director uh we've done quite a few videos with him now well, let me think of some interesting stories for you about it uh I don't know if you noticed the gurney that she's laying on when the devil guys like wheeling her through before she's about to get plastic surgery uh our cousin actually works at a hospital and 
I'm not going to some prop house and spending a thousand dollars to rent a fucking gurney. So I just called up my cousin who works in the hospital. She snuck me in the back door, told me to wear like a workman's outfit and uh, put my hair in a ponytail, snuck me in the back door and hooked me up with the maintenance guy. And the maintenance guy brought me up some like, uh, what do you call it? Staff elevator, staff only elevator shaft. And then brought me into a graveyard of all these gurneys that were like half operational and said, all right, dude, take your pick, take whatever one you want. Picked out a gurney, sort of snuck it around the back and then had to like hoist it into the back of our van without too many people seeing and thinking we're just like making off with some fucking hospital property. But yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, just pulling random crap together, stuff like that that happened. We have a, a homeless guy that hangs out er, around the area and we knew for the main sort of first scene that Luke's playing guitar in, we wanted kind of like LA dystopia full of tents and all the hobo crap and fucking whatever. So we knew we needed a shopping cart. So we asked the hobo outside, dude, uh, we call him Jack Jack, like Jack Jack, can you hook us up with a shopping cart? So, oh, I got you boys, I got you boys. So Jack Jack went and sold us a, a shopping cart and we gave him 20 bucks. And I don't know where the shopping cart is now, but uh, it was returned to Jack Jack. But I don't think Jack Jack returned it to where he stole it from. Yeah, Jack Jack's probably selling it on eBay now. Look, it's in this latest video. I don't think Jack Jack has an eBay store. I'm just, uh, I don't think Jack, uh, I think Jack Jack's struggling to get internet connection, to be honest. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I liked, uh, you know, that there's like, I, I was, I always like try and look into the like the little scenes in in videos and stuff too and it just seemed like it was uh the message was being sent when it when before she goes in for the plastic surgery and the, and the and the bargain with the devil it's like you know she's like looking all like sweet and innocent has the crucifix around her neck and then yeah. there's that scene where she's like swallowing it yeah she's like licking it upside down yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of real a lot of real risque uh Risky stuff in there. Definitely the kind of things that uh, the uncle disowned us for. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I mean, even like, you know, at the end, she's got the, the you know, the lips and all that. Oh, yeah. uh, looking like Bride of Frankenstein or something. But yeah. that's like, you know, Hollywood or whatever today. But like, what was like the, the you know, the, the main message you guys were sending with, with the. Well, yeah, the, it's just the, I, I, it's the when you when you do sign your soul away uh to make this little deal with with uh whatever hollywood types blah 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 they're gonna botch you they're gonna they're gonna ruin your innocence they're going to make you into a monster that maybe other people uh think is beautiful because some weird standards of inner and outer beauty today uh as seen by whatever lens they're trying to fucking push it out uh but yeah, it's it, essentially it's the the corruption of innocence idea. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you've seen this uh, one video. Like my my daughter sent me this TikTok of like Lady Gaga recently, like coming uh, out of I don't know if she's coming out of a hotel or something like that, you know, and all the the idol worship, all the people like we love you, we love you, and yeah. filming her and all that stuff. But she's like moving like like a reptile like all like weird and like almost floating down the stairs and just wow like, that's cool i haven't seen that one very like like slow and odd and just like kind of like 
not really like acknowledging them like a normal like human. Yeah, yeah she's she's above it all now. She's uh she's become the California demon. Uh, yeah, I mean there's there's all those weird videos of her and Abramovich too with all the fucking spirit cooking, whatever the hell those people are doing now. Damn, they're weird. It's just yeah. like whatever whatever my mind could think up about like if the like these um you know, Bohemian Grove people and like eyes wide shut parties and stuff, whatever my imagination ever was, doesn't touch the kind of weird shit these people are actually fucking doing, dude. They're, they're, they're spirit cooking thing. When I saw those photos, I'm like, God damn, you people are weird. Yeah. Truth is stranger than fiction, man, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then like, well, I mean, so you guys are living in California, you're getting this band going. Of course you want to be, you know, I mean, you don't get into, you know, music to not want to play for bigger audiences and, yeah. you know, uh, performing like stadiums, like Metallica is going around, you know, today and immortalize. Like, when do you think, uh, you know, this will turn around and bite you and you'll actually, you know, be invited to one of those parties. And uh, I, I don't, I don't think Metallica is going to those parties either, man. I think that's, um, a different demographic and I highly doubt we'll ever get the, uh, wink and the nod. But maybe, maybe if they see this video and they uh, they think that we're promoting it, maybe we'll get the wink and the nod, and I'll I'll be able to, um, yeah, go to one of those eyes wide shut parties, and there'll be scantily clad women everywhere, and uh, reptiles in the background with fucking curtains over them. God knows what else. And I'm yeah, probably yeah. there eating a eating a baby with a fork. Fuck knows. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm 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 cool with the wild sex orgies, but like leave the kids alone, you know. Yeah, let's leave the kids out of it and let's maybe leave the uh the the blood out of it and the ritual sacrifice out of it and uh, all that kind of stuff. Let's just do the orgies alone. Yeah, yeah. If we got to wear like a, a cloth mask to protect us from a virus and stuff, but we're going to go to blood spilling drinking orgies, uh I don't know. Just seems yeah. a little counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, one more thing about the video, too, that uh, I thought was cool with the effects put it together, um, you know, setting Luke's guitar on fire. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't an effect, dude. That was us literally dousing his guitar in lighter fluid and lighting his ass up. And uh, it got pretty fucking hairy a couple of times. So first of all, we'd like spray his hair and everything with um, flame retardant so that it didn't catch up instantly. Uh, and it was uh, the first thing I thought when he was headbanging too, and you said it got pretty hairy. I was like, damn, how's he? It, it was definitely touch and go, but yeah, we put the flame retardant in his hair and a little bit on his gloves and on his suit. So that helped for the most part. But I mean, every take we did, he's like more, more. Okay, that was pretty good, but let's try some more. Let's try some more. I'm like, God, it is getting sketchy. So <laughs> the last ones when it was like really flaming up um it definitely caught up on his sleeve you can see it like catching on his glove for part of it but then one of them it caught up his sleeve i had to run in with the wet blanket and, and cover him and that was the end of that take but we decided uh that was probably the last one for the day but we've we got it we got them all in there it was uh the limbo way as we call it doing things uh down dirty and last minute but somehow it's always worked out for us so far no, the, the the visual is is really good. I liked it on the on the drum pedal and stuff too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, that was, uh, we we burnt a burnt a hole in that drum head, so that that's no longer usable. But I think we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna auction that off or um, make it a giveaway or something down the line. Make it a fundraiser for Jack Jack so he can get his internet connection and start his Jack eBay. Jack's eBay. Maybe Jack Jack. <laughs> Yeah, get Jack Jack internet and he can be the one to auction it on his eBay store. There you go. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the bands that you've been out on the road with and stuff. Uh, you know, I saw, you know, you did mention Candlebox, but like, you know, Kevin, Kevin Martin seems to be, you know, a big fan. I was reading some of his plugs on you guys. Like, how did that relationship develop? Was that from just being on tour together? Uh, well, it was actually kind of already uh, the the framework was set pretty good even before we met him because uh, we grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and Kevin's wife is Australian, so he spent a, a lot of time out in Australia. Uh, I don't know how many years ago they live in, they live here in Long or in uh, California now, but I know that they spent a lot of time together in Australia before that. I think they met in Paris or something like that. But anyway, he came in. Uh, Basically, op open the door to the green room. How's it going, you cunts? On his, in his funniest Australian <laughs> accent he could do. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of Australian banter back and forth uh, while we were on tour with him. And just all, all those guys are just great dudes. Um, no no ego tripping diva bullshit. No, no running back to the bus. Uh, you know, none, none of that stuff. It's just a bunch of cool dudes having a great time playing rock and roll to a bunch of people that love and adore their music just like i did all my life and what's like uh you know with the people you've been out on the road with who who's some of your like some of your favorite memories and the uh, best bonds you made out there oh well um our best buds joyous wolf who are going through some changes right now uh the singer has departed so they're trying to find a new singer and uh nick the singer has started his own new band uh the props uh we had always had great times with them um not sure how many naughty stories i should tell about all that but uh, we also made a great friends with um small town titans uh who's the last band we toured with and um that nearly ended in tragedy, but uh, Limbo Way, we managed to pull it off on the very last uh, show with them. God, I can't remember. I think we're in Illinois. I can't remember where it was. Um, we had throughout the tour, like we'd watch their show, they'd watch our show, and we'd always rock out for each other because it helps the crowd get amongst it, blah, blah, blah. And countless times throughout the throughout their final uh song devil's choir me and luke could run up on the stage and we did stage diving and all that kind of crap and it just gets everybody hyped but the final night uh luke goes for a stage dive and the crowd was a little bit thinner at that point so he goes for a stage dive like towards me and i'm and that's a good idea because i'm probably one of the bigger ones there to try and catch him but he dove like over my shoulder and i kind of half caught one of his legs ended up basically pile driving him into the ground. And he also took out this older lady in the audience. So we're both dazed and confused on the ground. And all of a sudden I feel this like stomping. The lady that he'd kicked over when he took me and her out, she'd gotten back up and then started stomping us while we were on the ground, like gang style, like uh, <laughs> American History X style. 
So I don't know. Uh, we we the the security ripped her off or whatever, and then we eventually said sorry to her because we were the ones that knocked her over. No worries about a curb stomping, but we started <laughs> to look at Luke's head. Back of his head just gushing blood. We're like, okay, we actually have to go to the fucking ER now. So he hopped in the van and uh, they stitched him up with that staple gun. I think he had like twelve staples put into his head. But uh, so no. was it the pile driver or the old lady stomp? Yeah, was it the curb stomp or was it the the pile drive that caused the the head wound? I'm gonna say a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Yeah, and you know what's that say? She got up before you guys. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. You know those th those kind of things can turn very ugly very quickly. Like uh, that band. Every time I die, I think the lead singer's name is Keith something. Uh, anyway, I saw a, a yeah. couple of years ago when they were still uh, rocking together. Uh, this girl in the crowd at a festival sued him because he did did the little you know the walk out on the crowd thing that a lot of dudes are doing these days where they sort of step on shoulders and then they're in the middle of the crowd and they're holding the mic up and blah 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 some lady tried to sue him for bodily injury for i don't even know what just for walking half on top of her and half on top of a million other people but like you're at an every time I die concert, uh, every time I die festival show, and you're in the fucking pit area, I, I feel like just there's a lot of people in this world that are looking for excuses to make money in the most nefarious, disgusting ways, and that would be an example of it. Yeah, it's why they have to write, uh, you know, contents maybe hot on the McDonald's coffee cups now. Exactly you know? right. So I was just glad that this lady, the uh, the stomping lady, even though the stomping was probably unwarranted, I'm glad she wasn't one of these suey McGee ladies that uh, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. No, she was more shooey McGee. Yeah, shooey <laughs> McGee, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, not not that we have a, a penny to our names for her to take anyway. So that's, I guess, that's a good thing. Yeah, but uh, now I want to talk a little bit too about you know I've read uh, about your your live show and like uh what can you tell us about like what fans can expect that may not have ever seen you guys perform live you know what it's it's uh it's as high energy as we can possibly make it and i don't mean that in just the cheesy come on guys this kind of thing it's like we're running around everywhere uh we have a, a fan favorite song that we almost always close our set with called let's get fucked up it's probably the dumbest song we'll ever write, but it gives rise to a hell of a lot of theatrics. Like Luke sits there with the, with the solo and he'll hop down off the stage amongst the people, blah, blah, blah. And he'll like put his head back and then I'll start pouring the beer higher and higher and make the stream as long as we possibly can until it's fucking pouring all over him. And, uh, Jesus, what other kind of theatrics are there? It's just it's like your Andrew WK pretty hard, huh? Like things just happen every time there's, beach balls that we bring out sometimes that's always gets people going crazy but yeah it's uh a lot of high energy old party rock and roll unlike the rock and roll that became more and more common in the 2000s where everybody's just sort of standing there with their hands in their pockets and then 
we try to get the crowd as involved with us rocking out as much as possible. And if that means Luke has to hop down and run through it while playing solos and get them moving, then that is part of the whole thing that we will do. Yeah. Whatever gets the crowd leaving, knowing that they've been to a rock show. Yes. And make them feel like they were a part of it rather than just a passive observer zombie, like waiting for their turn to clap and have a sip of another drink, like an automaton or something. Get them, make them feel like they were a part of the whole show and that they were rocking out. And uh, yeah, like you said, that they they left feeling like they had a real vintage rock and roll experience. And then out of uh, you know uh, your latest uh, work, like what would you say is like been one of your favorites to play uh, favorite tracks to play live off the latest album? Uh, we so we've only been doing singles for quite a while. Um, We've only really got two EPs out ever. We're going to make a new EP, I think, next year. But it's been the singles game for a while. But I love playing this California Demon song live. I uh, love watching Luke do the end bit with all the with the whammy bar. Uh, that's an absolute blast to play. But we got a few more uh, newer surprises in store. We've been playing a lot of uh, unplugged stuff lately. Um, very... Alice in Chains style, MTV Unplugged style. And it's been fun reimagining a lot of our heavier songs into that context. So I've been enjoying that a hell of a lot lately, but I'm sure when the party machine turns back on and the touring starts happening in probably early October, I think is what we're hearing, then uh, yeah, I'm sure all the old, all the old favorites of let's get fucked up and, my kind of girl and all, all those uh, fun and de- the devil, you know, and California demon, they'll all come right back into, into fold and we'll be having a blast playing those again. Nice. And then what's, uh, you know, some of your other goals going forward. Goals going forward. Um, well, I think we're probably going to, catch up with a lot of the videos and uh songs we've recorded already but haven't put out for the rest of the year uh and once all of those have finally seen the light of day because we've got we've got some that we shot even with our old drummer who's no longer in the band and uh we've got to do a service to him and to uh rob gravely our old bass player and make sure that all the work that they were a part of does see the light of day at some timely fashion uh and then once all that stuff's out there i think we would love to record a full length but that might not happen it might be probably a six song ep early next year ready to put out into the world for summer touring next year okay so that's the next uh time you guys will be hitting the road is summer next year i'm thinking we're probably going to hit it in uh early october this year oh okay yes Anything been announced That's what we're hearing. What we're hearing oh. but you never, you never know. I can't, can't uh, say any anything too specific because until it's nailed down, absolutely, I've learned the hard way that it's not good to announce it because then people get disappointed if uh, things change and if it's not the band we said we were originally going out with and it's a different band. Then yeah, so I'm not gonna not gonna divulge too much about it, but it's being projected that early October is maybe when we're gonna go. Okay. Sounds good. Hopefully, uh, hit the Cleveland, Ohio area. So oh, I yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and 
And then uh, I want to want to ask you some of the questions I normally ask my guests uh, before we get ready and wrap up. But uh, you know, you mentioned some of the bands that you know influenced you early on. But who are who are your top three uh, artists today? Jesus, uh, we we're talking about like modern modern bands that are yeah. uh, recently started. Well, I mean. Or just it they don't have to have been recently started, but I mean if there's still any like even if there's still some you're holding on to some of the original ones that got you into who's like your top three go to? Uh go to. Uh I mean, as I said, we uh we started playing with them evils and uh Joyce Wolf. They were our, our first buds out here for sure. But as far as um modern bands that are doing good stuff that uh, I find entertaining to listen to. It's a band named Dead Poet Society. I think they've got great riffs. Uh, Blacktop Mojo, who we've been buds with for a long time. Those guys out of Texas, I think they're great. Um, just yeah, I've had Maddie on the show. Nice. Well, Maddie's Maddie's got like uh, we're uh, we were talking about him the other day. He's the kind of guy where if like the sound went out at the stadium when he had to sing uh, star spangled banner. He wouldn't need the microphone. He could just belt it out that loud that the whole damn stadium would hear him. He's got a huge voice, that guy. Oh, so yeah. big, big fan of theirs. Uh, big fan of Royal bliss. Uh, dude, the, the, the list can go on forever. Um, I'm blanking right now, but uh if you're listening to this and you're one of the bands that we're friends with, I'm, I meant to say you. <laughs> and then, uh, what, uh, Oh, by the way, Channel Fox's new album is awesome. Just everyone's got to listen to that. That's great fucking album. The longer right. And then, uh, I like it. I like asking this question, but I usually get like a similar answer from everybody, which means that something needs to change obviously. But, uh, what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? Jesus. Uh, well, English is mandatory, isn't it? I mean, we, grew, we we went to high school in Australia, so it's probably a little bit different of a system. What class should be mandatory? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say music class. Uh, if people learned how to improvise music, I think that would uh, get their minds operating in a fully functional way that they might not have used it all at once previously. I saw a, uh, EKG thing about, uh, like people hooked up to the EKG machine and it was showing, you know, how it like lights up, which parts of the brain are active during what kind of tasks, blah, blah, blah. They said there's no task in the world that, uh, or no task that they tested that makes the entire, or so much of the entire brain light up at once as improvising music. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that one in there. Yeah, I've read that. I've read that, and like, uh, you know, like uh, with people in martial arts and stuff too, something a little bit similar. You know, yeah. get both sides of the brain working at the same time. Well, that's kind of pretty improvis improvisational too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. another band just thought of Crowbot, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Crowbot's awesome. Really good. And then, um. Who are three people who've inspired you and you can credit for making you the person you are today? <sighs> Little brother's definitely a, a very regular inspiration to me. He's much more uh, switched on unit than I am. Um, 
my mom for sure. But if we're talking about like famous people, shit. No, nah, I'm talking about like just pe any people in general. Any people, people. All right. Yeah. Def <laughs> definitely my mom. Uh, definitely my brother. And uh, I'd say my uncle, my uncle Rao was a pretty formulative character in my life. He's uh, he's passed away now, but he was a yeah one one hell of a character that uh, I aspire to live like as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. What? No Jack Jack though, huh? No Jack. Do you know what Jack Jack is inspirational in his own way? He doesn't uh, have everything in the world, but he's almost always happy and he's uh, living life on his terms. So I'd rather I'd rather live like Jack Jack than uh, live in some job that I fucking hate, go home to a wife that can't stand me and doesn't want to fuck me, and uh, <laughs> a bunch of kids that fucking just stare into their phone screens while we're eating dinner together. Um, I'd rather live Jack Jack's life than that life any fucking day of the week. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then um, are there any causes or organizations that uh, you support and you encourage others to check out? I don't know exactly the right one. Somebody said it the other day, but uh, definitely uh, support the Maui, Maui fires. Um, don't want to go crazy conspiracy theory on that one, but a lot of things seem pretty weird about that to me. Either way, there are people that are uh, suffering, and uh, if you can find the right uh, one to donate to that's not going to go to the fucking council or whoever the hell the mayor is, uh, yeah, as long as it's going to the actual people, then uh, I would say that would be a very worthy cause for donation right now. Yeah, for sure. Not one of those money laundering uh, organizations that always seem to hop, hop yeah. in there. They put like, on, the, uh, on the TV, oh, we just had this other tragedy, donate here. Yeah, and then they take 80% of it, and yeah, if, if that, you know, terrible. Yeah. And then, um, favorite toy as a child. Favorite toy as a child. I was pretty partial to He-Man. I remember that. I pretty damn partial to He-Man. But I mean, I was a whole, life, a whole life changed when I got I got given a, a Nintendo when I was a kid. When I got the fucking the first Nintendo as a kid, I was just like. It was given to me, uh, given to me by this guy Ralph Dupont. He was a friend of the family, I guess you would say. But although he's married with children now, it was my sneaking suspicion as I got a little bit older that maybe he was interested in my mom, uh, and he thought the way in was let's butter up Jake with uh, Nintendo so she can see that I'm, uh, I'm a slick Rick provider and uh, gonna give her a lavish lifestyle of Nintendos. So that was my theory, but anyway, that was that was the game changer toy for me. Fuck, I love that thing. Nice, nice. And obviously, you know, it was a game changer literally for you, but uh, not not so much for Mr. DuPont. Yes, no, sorry DuPont, it never, never worked out for him that I know of. <laughs> And like he man, so ahead of his time, man. I mean, using pronouns before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm surprised they don't have she man now. <laughs> oh, give it time. Yeah, that'll be the Netflix reboot. <laughs> oh man, it's great to talk to somebody in California that don't drink the Kool Aid. I love it. Gives me hope. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, every time we're in Texas, they're like, 
you're not moving here though, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> not not yet, but if I do, trust me, I, I want California, you're Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm one that definitely realizes that uh, it's like a parasite. And once its host has been completely drained of all of its life force, then it moves on to infect new hosts. And I, I do see that happening in Texas, unfortunately. Hopefully it's a uh, slow burn because there's enough Texans that are uh, working against that kind of horrible trajectory and agenda. Yeah, great. Austin will be the first to fall if any of them fall, though, I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Thanks, boys uh, and uh, boys and girls. Um, don't just because it's an order doesn't mean you have to do it. Um, yep. Keep your keep your own uh, morals and integrity above above all else. Um, our uh, people behind our military are often not the greatest of people. Uh, even though the people that get into the military from the ground up are absolutely lovely and always have their heart in the right place and just want to do what's best for the country and their patriots. Uh, I hope more and more uh, that the people that are pulling the strings and making the or uh, giving the orders uh, stop being so evil with those orders. Amen. Yeah. Well, Jake, man, it's been it's been good talking with you, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I hope uh, you guys uh, make it through Cleveland so I can meet you in real time. Absolutely, um, dude. Now, for any of the fans out there that uh, may be new to of Limbo and want to support you guys and check you out and and all that, where are you where would you send them? We're on all of the all of the things, dude. We're on all of the social medias, all of the YouTube's, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, if you wanted to uh, buy a T-shirt or something, that's at ofLimbo.com. But otherwise, uh, most important for us right now is if you go watch some of our videos or listen to some of our songs and you like them, sharing is caring, baby. Send it out to 5, 10, 15, 20 of all of your best buddies that also have good taste like you do. Don't send it to people with shit taste because they won't like it. But if you have friends <laughs> with good taste, send it to them because they'll like it. Awesome. Awesome, man. Jake, man, I really appreciate, uh, like I said, this conversation, uh, brightened my day. My, my interview I had scheduled earlier, uh, had to get rescheduled and I was kind of bummed, but, uh, you came through, man. I appreciate yeah, it. And then, uh, real quick before I let you go, you mind doing me a favor? Yeah. Hit me. You want to, uh, mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Just introduce yourself. You're listening to today's boondoggle. Hey, hey, this is Jake Davies from Of Limbo, and you're listening to today's boot. Oh, one more time. Hey, this is Jake Davies from Of Limbo, and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Awesome. All Jake. Right. That's, that's a bit of a tongue twister, dude, to listening to today's boondoggle. Got it? In yeah. Oh. It, it is. It's tricky. But uh, you nailed it, man. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. It took me two tries. Good talking to you. And maybe maybe we could set up another one uh, down the line and have your uncle on. That sounds like a hell of a show, dude. I, I might I, we might have to um, obscure him. You know, like the, those old sixty minutes ones where they're like in the, the shadow. Did you change his yeah. voice? Yeah, know, a little bit. 
put a, put a voice changer on. Maybe we'll put a voice changer on both of us. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll, awesome. We'll, we'll where, the, where the real reptilians are hiding. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to hit Ed up to set that up then. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Right. Bye. Thanks. Take care.